<laughs> Woo! Summertime, summertime is here, and I have to admit, I have been trying to hide from all of this heat. Now, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love Florida, and I love summertime, and I even love a little bit of heat, but it seems like it's been going on and on and on for a long, long time now. So I've been in the air conditioning, or at least been in the pool, and from time to time, make my way down to the beach to enjoy some sand and some of that wonderful, wonderful sea breeze to help things cool off. And I'm not the only one, right? I'm not the only one that enjoys the beach. I love this story. One day, a married couple decided to go to the beach, and once they were there, they were in, entertaining themselves by watching the volleyball game. Watching the game, the wife noticed a young, very affectionate couple. The girl was running her hands through the guy's hair and nibbling on his ears, and the guy was holding her close and kissing her on her neck. Well, I don't know whether to watch them or watch the game, the wife told her husband while she was looking at the couple, to which the husband replied, well, you better watch them. Uh, you already know how to play volleyball. <laughs> Well, we all, have things, we all have things that maybe we could learn, right? And, and really, that's what this experience is. That's what church experience is. It's an opportunity for us to gain some insight and some understanding on how to live for the Lord, how to make a difference in, in this world, and how to serve Him better. And I, I, want us to, I want us to think about that word today, learning. Learning. What, what's involved in learning? And, and understanding that our learning will impact our living. No doubt about that. It, it will definitely change the way we live. But we have to start with something, even before learning and living, we have to start with something called listening, something that's really, really important. And I, and I believe, I believe with all of my heart that listening is really one of, those, one of those things that can change literally everything. And every relationship that we have, not just our relationship with God, but our relationship with our spouse, our relationship with our friends, our relationship with the people we work with, it can literally change it can literally change everything. And we're in this series, right? We're in this series, and we're wrapping it up today. This series called Vertical, and it's this idea uh, that, uh, about prayer, this idea that, that we are to communicate vertically with, with God. And I, I want to make sure we, we understand that word communicate. That, that's not just us talking to him, but it's him, it's him talking to him to us. So we, we've been exploring kind of this idea, and, and, and really prayer, I, I want you to understand this, prayer is involving God, right? It's not informing God. We, we don't need to tell God what's going on. He's, he's very aware of what's going on. So prayer is, is really inviting him in to do his part, it, it, literally inviting him to play his part and asking him, God, help me to do my part. Help me to have the strength to do my part. Help me to have the wisdom to do my part. Uh, I mentioned a couple weeks ago in part of this series as well when we first started this idea of not just talking to God, but, but, but really explaining and sharing and interacting with and communicating with God that a lot of times in prayer we're just telling God. We're not really talking. A lot of times in prayer we're just listing things. We're not really listening. A lot of times in prayer we're just asking for things, we're not really asking about things. And, and I believe that, that, that I want to I help us to move towards a better understanding of what prayer is, because it's not, it's not just a monologue. It's, it's a dialogue. It's a conversation. It's not just using a microphone, if you will, but it's, 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 it's using a telephone. It's a two-way street. It's two-way communication. I, I remember a couple years ago, I was working with a, a young couple, and they came into the office for some marriage coaching. 
And we begin to talk back and forth, and I begin to ask him some of the typical questions. Well, tell me what's going on in your relationship. What are the things that you're struggling with? What, what areas do you want to uh, identify today and, and even work on today? And they say, well, you know, some of it is our communication. And I said, well, tell me about that. And they said, well, it's kind of weird because we feel like we, we're connected a lot. We're just, not, we're just not necessarily communicating a lot. And I said, well, explain that to me. And, and they told me a story I don't think I've ever heard. I've never heard of this before. And they said, so in the morning, in the morning, the, the husband was a, was a driver. He drove uh, a, a truck all day long, and the wife was a stay-at-home mom, took care of the kids in the house and, and did some work online. And, and they said, when, when the husband leaves in the morning, he will call me on the phone. And then he will put it on speakerphone, and he will set it on the seat of his truck. And then we'll just leave the phone on all day long connected all day long <laughs> and I was like well how does that work and he said well well here's the thing we we don't talk all day long we just stay connected all day long so if there's something that I want to say to him he's already listening if there's something he wants to say to me I'm already listening now, I don't know for sure whether this is what Paul had in mind. I don't think there were cell phones back in the day, but the, the Apostle Paul says that we are to pray continually. So my mind went to this story, and I'm thinking, what, what if we were connected 24-7 to God? In case there was something that he wanted to communicate to us, we would, already, we would already be listening. I wonder if what Paul was trying to communicate is, is exactly that idea. So when God speaks, I guess the question the big question, when God speaks, are you listening? Are you listening? We talked a little bit a couple weeks ago again about this idea of God told me and how it can be abrasive and it, it actually has been used, uh, abused a, a lot over the years. In fact, I, I think it's been abused more than it's been used properly. But, but I, I, I don't want to get rid of it. I just want to, again, make you aware that, that when you do say God told me or, or some paraphrase translation of that that you understand that you need to know for sure that that's what God really said that God is really doing that God is really telling you that because in the Old Testament there, there were some there were some there were some pretty bad things that happened to the prophets that showed up and said God told me this check this out but a prophet who presumed to speak in my name anything I have not commanded that prophet is to be put to death and then we also read in the Big Ten, right, the, the, the Ten Commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold back, hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now, I think a lot of times when we talk about the Lord's name in vain, we're thinking about some kind of a curse or some kind of a swearing that we're doing. But, but there's so much more to that. It's, it's abusing his name. It's saying that God told me something when, in fact, God didn't really tell us. I, I would just say, I think it's cool when people say, I believe that God is showing me some things. I believe that God is revealing. I believe that God is leading. And, and I think that might be a, a, a softer way and even, even a, a more humble way of approaching this idea that you believe that God is speaking to you and that God wants you to tell other people about something that he's doing in your life or leading you. So maybe a better way to say is I believe that God showed me. I believe that God showed me. It, it allows for a little bit of human error. It allows for some faith. It allows for some humility. And it doesn't allow this to be something that you leverage as a power play in, in some kind of a conversation. Or, hey, I, I, feel, I feel like God is leading me. And another good way to, to phrase this idea as we, as we talk about God speaking to us. And, and 
again, referring back to the second piece of this series, if you will, the vertical where I shared about listening, we, we already learned that God speaks. It's not just that he spoke, he still speaks. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us that just because he said some things, just because he wrote some things in the Bible, he's done speaking. No, not at all. There's plenty of evidence that, that, that lets us know that God is still speaking today, 2000. 23. Uh, we also learn uh, about how he speaks, several different formats. For most of us, the conversations I've had, the experiences I've had, they have been impressions, they've been promptings, they've been nudges. There's nothing that really has been audible, but it's been stuff that's happened inside. And we, had, we talked about the idea behind that is that the Holy Spirit is in us, and so it would make sense that he would speak from within us. And then finally, we want to get it right, so we talked about some things on how to test it. I would encourage you, if you haven't watched this message about prayer and specifically about the listening piece of prayer, I'd encourage you to go back and pick up on some of those things and, and, uh, and, and take a listen again to some of these really, really important steps in processing through how we can listen more to God. I, I was thinking, getting ready for this talk, maybe it would be helpful to to just give some examples, what I would call some common conversations, some conversations I've had with God, some conversations I know other people have had with God, and what his response, I think, I've felt, I've experienced, and others have as well. So maybe a common conversation, we might say to God, hey, God, I can't do this alone. What, what I'm facing, what I'm going through, I cannot do this alone. And I think that God, I think that God, <laughs> I think that God would say, well, duh, <laughs> Right? I mean, he may not be quite that sarcastic, but I, but I think in one sense he's like, well, well of course you can't do that alone. All right? Because, it, again, going back to what he's already spoken, what he's already said, I can do all things through him, through God, through Jesus, who gives me strength. If God is for us, who can be against us? Of course you can't do things alone. You weren't designed to do things alone. You weren't meant to do things alone. There are things that you alone must do, okay? I, I'm to be the I'm to be the father, I'm to be the, the husband, I'm to be the leader that I'm supposed to be, and I have to, I'm, I alone can do that for my family, for my church, but, but I don't have to do that alone. I don't have to do that alone. Another, another common conversation would be this, I feel, I feel alone. And I think if, if, if God were just to be simple and very direct to us, he would just simply say, you're not. You're not alone. I, you may feel that way, but you're not, you're not alone. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Another scripture says, I'll never leave you, and I will never forsake you. You are not alone. You may feel alone, but you are not alone. And one of the reasons to address this issue and to have this conversation with God is because isolation is such a big deal. In fact, I think when we're not hearing from the Savior, we're hearing from Satan that you are alone or you should, you, you, there's no one that cares and nobody is around and, and especially God is not there for you because isolation will destroy us. There's been studies that have been done that says isolation has the same physical impact on us physically as smoking. Let me say that again. Isolation or the feeling of isolation has the same physical impact on us as smoking. That is crazy to think about. So when we get in this place where we feel alone, we've got to understand we are, we are not alone. And God is saying loud and clear, I want you to hear this. If you don't hear anything else today, I'm sure there are some of you who feel very alone today. And I want, I want to say for God in, a, in, a, in an audible way, God is with you. 
God is with you. Over the last several years, I've had the opportunity to network and connect with several mental health therapists and become friends with a lot of them. We've had lots of conversations, and some of those conversations have been on the other side of the room. I've sat on one side, they've sat on the other, and then we've switched places, and we've talked, and we've encouraged, and we've given therapy, if you will, and coaching to each other. And I was talking with one of my friends the other day, and she was telling me the story of, of a struggle that she was going through, some anxiety that she was having that was just driving her crazy. And so she was working with another therapist, and the therapist was asking her questions about what was going on, and she, the, the therapist said, when was the very first time that you felt you felt this feeling. When was the first time? And so they talked a little bit, and, 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 and my friend kind of closed her eyes and just kind of allowed, allowed her mind and allowed her thoughts and allowed her memories to kind of float her back, which is really the official term, to kind of float her back to when she felt like that was the first time that she had felt that anxiety, that fear. And she says, w- w- when, I, w- when I realized where I was, she said, I was five years old. I was just a little girl. And something had happened, it was really an accident at the house, and yet my dad overreacted like he had done many, many times, and instead of disciplining her, he punished her, and after that punishment, put her in her room alone. And she said, I, 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 I floated back in my memory, and I began to feel that feeling again, and I realized that was the first time that it started to, to find its way into my heart and find its way into my soul. And she said, I felt alone. And I felt abandoned. And she said, while we were talking, I, I, kept, I kept sitting there watching this five-year-old version of myself. And then she said, something amazing happened. She said, while I was sitting there, while I was watching this little girl alone and abandoned and abused, I saw this, this white light come in and surround me not just be with me, not just be in the room, but surround and actually envelop me. And she said, I realized for the first time, I wasn't alone. At five years of age, God was there with me. And I had believed for all of these years that I was abandoned and I was alone when in fact God was with me. Wow. I'm, I'm guessing... I'm guessing there are some of us today who feel alone, and I just want to remind you, you are not alone. God is with you. God is with you. The last common conversation that I, I think I've heard and I've even said myself is, I am so tired. I am so tired. And, and, and I, <laughs> again, I don't know for sure that God would say this. In fact, I, I'm being a little sarcastic here. But what if God said to you, I, I'm, when you said, I'm so tired, God said, Coffee. Right? I mean, that's the reason I made coffee and I made monster drinks and I made Celsius now, right? That, that, that's the whole, of course not. That's not what we're going to hear from him. That's not what we're going to hear. What we're going to hear from him is come to me, all you who are weary, tired, and burdened, wore out, and I will give you rest. Those are things that he's spoken. Those are things that he still speaks today. Those are some common conversations. And then maybe even to make it a little more personal, let me tell you some of the things that I feel like God has spoken to me directly about where I've heard his voice. The first, first thing that came to mind when I started kind of putting together this list was I've heard God say to me, get out of my way. Get out of my way. Now, I, my wife and I have raised two daughters. They're grown now, have families of their own. 
but when they were little girls, I admit I was a helicopter parent, and, and I snowplowed a lot of roads for them. I tried to keep them away from some of the things that I went through. I tried to protect them as best I could. And I have to tell you that there were times where I heard God, as these girls were growing up, as I heard God say, get out of my way. I was like, what? What do you, what do you mean, get out of my way? And, and, and what God was saying was, you are in my way. I'm trying to do something in their lives that will be lasting that will, that will help them as adults, that will make them great parents, that will make them great wives, and you are protecting them too much. And there's some stuff that they need to go through in order for them to get better. We, we know that Scripture tells us, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That's what God was saying. Phil, you're, you're, you're taking too many of the trials and stuff out of their lives that I have put in their lives to make them stronger. Consider it pure joy. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now listen close. Perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. You want mature and complete daughters? Yes, I do. Not lacking anything. Then get out of my way. Get out of my way and let me be God. You be dad. Yeah, you protect them. You help them. But don't snowplow. Don't be a helicopter parent. Let me let me do my work in them. The second thing that I've heard God say from time to time is, is love Mindy anyway. Now, we've been married uh, 40 years, and I love her a lot, but I, I, I'll be totally honest with you. She's not perfect. She's not perfect. And, and if, I, if, if I could, the, the one or two things that, that, that I wish she would change, I, I, I wish she would change those things. And there are some times that I get fixated on those things, and I can't seem to get over those things. I can't seem to deal with those things. And it's hard for me at times to love her anyway. And God says to me, Phil, <laughs> love her anyway. And, and you know what I think? <laughs> or at least I hope. I'm praying. I'm hoping and praying that in her ear, God is saying to her, <laughs> Mindy, love Phil. Because I'm a, I'm a mess. I'm chaos, all right? I... I I've got serious issues, and I need God not only to say to me to love her despite some of her brokenness, but for God to say to her, love Phil because of all of his brokenness. Hmm. What have I heard? Then finally, you're right, they are wrong, forgive them. So I've lived long enough life now that I've experienced some hurt and some pain and some betrayal. And when I think about some of the things that have happened to me, some of the things that have been done to me, and I know that I'm right, and I know that other people are wrong, it's really hard for me to move past that. It's hard for me to forgive. And yet, and yet one of the things that I've heard God loud and clear say to me is, you're right, Phil. It's an injustice. They shouldn't have said it. They shouldn't have done it. They are wrong, but I still want you to forgive them. I want you to think maybe about some of the things that God is telling you. What, what are some of the, maybe some of the common conversations that we talked about earlier, or maybe some of the very personal things like I've shared with you. What, what, what is it that, that God is telling Here's what I want you to understand. God is talking. God is wanting to say some things to you. There, there is no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my experience, and no doubt in Scripture that God is a God who speaks to his people. So the question is, what is he trying to say to you? So I, I want to take just a, a few more minutes to talk about listening, talk a little bit more about listening a lot more, and, and see if we can't get some things that will help us out, okay? Because truly the first duty of love, I love this quote, the first duty of love is to listen. 
the, the, greatest, the greatest proof of respect is to listen. And, and so let's figure out how we can do that. And so I want to I give a, a hearing test, and I thought it might be helpful if I, if I actually got into character, got into costume, because I've, I've, I've been to a hearing doctor. I wear hearing aids uh, because of table saws and miter saws and chain saws over the years. Uh, my ears have, have paid, have paid a, a pretty big price for that. And so I've been in an office. I've watched and I've listened as the tests were done. And so I, I feel somewhat qualified to be able to give a hearing test today. So, so let's, just, let's just jump into this. A hearing test. Um, first question, do you have ears? Do, <laughs> do you have ears? Now that may seem kind of silly, but that's a really, really good question. Really good question. In fact, the Bible says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Whoever has ears, let them hear. It actually puts into Scripture this idea that, hey, you can't hear if you don't have ears. But I, as I look around the people that I run, I, everybody has ears. But here's what's interesting. Having ears doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you hear. It doesn't mean you hear. So maybe you pass that test. Maybe you have ears, but maybe there's still something going on, and, and you're not hearing because there's a problem. So let's talk about what the problem, what, what, what could be the problem. Psalm 51 gives us an example of what can happen to our hearing when we do something that, that is against what God wants us to do. Psalm 51, if you remember, is the, the confession of David after his sin with Bathsheba. Nathan came, Nathan came to him. They had this conversation. David repented, confessed, and, and here's, a, here's a piece of that confession. Have mercy on me, God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. And then, and then look close, look close at these green letters. And, and, and if you remember, we've, we've put scripture in green just to differentiate the difference between what I'm saying and my wisdom and the powerful life-changing wisdom of God himself what grows us, what helps us to go and to be the people. So we put that in green. But check out, check out this. Skip down and David says, let me hear, let me hear joy and gladness. And what he's saying is, what, he, what he's saying is sin, sin has made me deaf to your voice. Sin has made me deaf to joy and, and, and to gladness. That there's something that has, has taken away my ability to be at, at peace and it is it is sin. And so maybe the question for us today is, is, is there sin? And, and, and maybe even to clarify even more, is, is there unconfessed sin? We're, we're going to sin. We're going to sin. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. It doesn't say if we sin. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to take out all the stuff that would keep us from being what God wants us to be, as well as take out all the stuff in our hearing that would keep us from hearing what God wants. So big question, is the problem with you not hearing God have to do with you not doing his will? Not making mistake, not sinning, but unconfessed. Is there stuff in your life that's keeping you from hearing from God? Uh, another question is, do you have the Holy Spirit? Because you can't hear God, you can't hear God without the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. Now, the Holy Spirit will help you and will lead you to God, okay? He, he, he will bring you to a place where you recognize your need for God so that you can then invite God into your 
life and into your heart, invite the Holy Spirit in, right? But, but until that happens, until that happens, God is just saying to you, come to me, come to me, come to me. A lot of us have gotten something confused that, that can really wreak havoc in our lives and in our hearing. We, we are in church, but we're not in Christ. We, we may come to church experience every week. We may listen to the, the great messages, and we may be connected with some great people, but we've never allowed God to change our lives by allowing his Holy Spirit to come into our hearts. So how do we do that? How do we do that? The scripture is really simple on this. When God's Spirit draws us and we begin to see that there's something in our lives that shouldn't be there, that we need to connect with God, we need to communicate with God, then we believe and we confess and we receive. It's, it's built into this passage. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And we believe with our hearts, and so we are made right with God, and we declare with our mouths that we believe, and so we are saved, okay? Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you? Paul goes on to say, you believe, confess, and receive, and when you do that, when you do that, the Holy Spirit moves from outside of you to just leading you and guiding you and nudging you towards salvation to now entering you so that he can speak to you. So the big question is, are you in church? Are you in Christ? And is the Holy Spirit in your life leading you and guiding you? Because that can be another problem. And the final problem with this hearing test or the final thing that I would say is, are you just too busy? Are you too busy? I, I work with couples all the time and we go through what's going on in their life, and I give them tools, and I give them tips, and I give them techniques on how to do this and how to communicate, and, and here's what I hear at the end of it. Well, that sounds good, but that's going to take a lot of time, and we are just too busy. I, I think this B word is, is such a, a, an impactful thing in the lives of people today, so much so that I tell them, I can't help you. I can't help you until you change your schedule, until you slow down, until you create some pockets of time where you can do some work on your marriage. Because no matter who you talk to, no matter what tools they give you, no matter what books you read, if you don't have time to work on your relationship with each other, your relationship won't work. And you're just too busy. Another question that I ask them is, is this a seasonal thing or is this a perpetual thing? In other words, is this something that just just to see where I'm just finishing up school or I'm, I'm just finishing up this and, and it's, as soon as this is done, it's going to change. Okay, well, we can deal with that. But if you've created a lifestyle where you're just too busy for each other and you're too busy for God, you're just, <laughs> you're just too busy. You're just too busy. So let me give you some hearing aids. Let me give you some hearing aids that I think will help you in listening more and more to God. Because again, I believe with all of my heart, and I believe scripture teaches us and experience teaches us that God is talking to us. So how do we hear him? Well, uh, practical steps to listen better. First, adjust your posture. Adjust your posture. What, what, what exactly do I mean? I love what Brandon said when we began this series. Am I in a learning posture with prayer? Am, am I in a place where I'm, I, I want to learn and I want to get insights and I want to understand more? Am I really leaning into this powerful tool, this powerful ability to con, uh, communicate with God? And I would say, hey, be a baby, all right? As it relates to your learning posture, be a baby. You know, baby, that's all they can do. That's all they can do is learn. Look around and listen to their environment, and they take in all this information. And, and I would encourage you to do that. And I would also say, when you, when you come to church experience, stop, stop and get a, a pen in a weekly. 
so that you can take some, you can take some notes. Because hopefully something is going to be said in all the prep work that we do for these messages. Uh, whoever may be standing up here, hopefully God has said something to us that God wants to say to you. And you want to write it down. You don't want to go, oh, that was good. And then an hour later, not remember it. Not remember it. Just take some notes. Here's one of my favorite quotes about, about the fact that if you don't, some of these great ideas, some of these insights that may change your life forever are gone forever. What's not quickly gaffed when you think of something, hear something, Write it down. What's not quickly gaffed with pen and paper will slip out of your hands like a fish, <laughs> never to be seen again. So I just want to encourage you. Take, take some notes. In this posture idea, am I in a listening posture? Again, this idea, am I listening to God? Am I, am I leaving the phone on so that, so that when God speaks, I am already, I'm already listening? Second thing, work the plan. Work the plan. What's the plan? Well, there's lots of plans that you can, you, you can pursue that will help you to listen to God. One's a really simple one is start with Scripture. When you read a Scripture verse, don't just read it so you can check off the box. Read it so that you can understand what God might be saying. And then just simply ask the question. After you read a Scripture, what's God saying to me? What's God saying to me right now, right here? And sometimes you'll read something and God won't be saying anything because that doesn't apply to you. But there will be a lot of times that if you just pause and if you just wait, God will say, yeah, that's... I'm so glad you read that verse because I've been trying to tell you about, about this. And then finally, practice, practice, practice. All right? A, a, a non-listener doesn't become a great listener in a day. Again, going back to my uh, relationship with couples and coaching with them and counseling with them, when, when there's somebody that struggles as a listener, they, they're, they're trying to listen, they hear their wife or they hear their husband saying something and they, they quickly and they cut in and they interrupt and, and I have to kind of, don't do this, try this, and it, 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 one session doesn't fix it. Two sessions, it takes practice and practice and practice to, to just shut up while somebody else is, is talking so that you can learn what they're trying to tell you. You can listen you can listen better, and sometimes that just takes practice. I, I want to encourage you, though, this is a great place for, for scheduled practice sessions, a great place for you to hear from God, whether it's through the worship music, whether it's through the message, whether it's through what somebody else says, and uh, I, I just want to encourage you, don't miss the practice sessions, and keep doing them over and over again, because we create habits, and then those habits will create us. So if you create the right habits, they will eventually create the right the right person. I, I want to say to you, the organization that I work with, Winning at Home, we have a weekly devotional call. And at the end of the devotional call, we do something every single week. And that is we, we have everybody pause for two minutes. There's nothing said. We just say, I just want you to spend two minutes reflecting on what's been said and listening close to see if God doesn't say something to you that he's been wanting to tell you. And we take these two minutes. And I remember the first time that it happened, the first time that they did it, and then they, then they begin to ask people, well, what did you hear in your two minutes? And i got to be honest, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I didn't hear anything, and I was so afraid they're going to come. Well, Phil, tell, tell us what you, you heard from the Lord. And I was going to say, I didn't hear anything from the Lord. I'm in trouble. I'm a loser. No, it, it, because I hadn't really learned to listen yet. Now, does God say something every time you listen? No. But you'll never hear if you're not listening when God does say something. So do some things. Put in some hearing aids, if you will, to help you hear from him. So that in this vertical series, you understand that prayer is, is not just about telling God, it's about talking to God. It's not just about asking for things, it's about asking about things. And if you don't remember anything else, remember that prayer is not a microphone. 
the telephone. Keep the line open. Listen close. God, I promise you, God will have some things to tell you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you have already spoken to us. And I pray that you would help our hearts and our minds to stay connected to you so that we can hear more of what you want for us and from us. We love you, Lord. Thank you for never leaving us alone. And I pray that if there's anybody listening today that feels alone, they would be reminded over and over again of your presence and your power and your provision and your promise to never leave us. 